I feel like that's where the mistakes happen. Um, I know that when I work super long nights and I'm working on something, um, I go back and I'm like, holy crap. Like if I, you know, input some stuff in an Excel sheet and then I go back to look at it two days later, I'm like, oh my God, this thing is <laughs> wrong. You know, and, and then I go, why, why is it wrong? You know, and it's because I barrel through and I push through and it's like, it's so unhealthy because it's just not human <laughs> to work 24 seven. Welcome to Entrepreneur Struggle, where each week we talk to founders and freelancers about their journey creating and scaling up their business. My name is Chris Colbert, and I'm the founder and CEO of the media company DCP Entertainment, as well as the video and podcast recording space, Podstream Studios Times Square. These conversations have been recorded with a live audience on the Fireside app, and we've brought you the best moments from our conversations, discussing the various struggles that founders have had to face. Now, if you'd like to be part of our live conversations where we allow the audience to participate, please sign up to Fireside and follow me to stay up to date about upcoming recordings. You can visit our show notes for a direct link. In this conversation, I'm talking to Amira Ahmed, the founder of Sugar Dynamite, a beauty and skincare brand that goes beyond just selling products. I talked to Amira about how she's been able to do that and how she's used tough times in her life to help inform how to structure her business. So I'm excited for you to hear Amira's story and the special offer she has for you. Amira is an incredible entrepreneur, um, somebody who, you know, when we were first connected, we were connected through um, a woman named Faye, who's part of the Fireside team. So thank you so much, Faye, for connecting us. And when Faye was telling me about Amira, you know, she was mentioning how, you know, she just had this like really great idea for how to approach beauty and, and skincare and, and, you know, sales essentially as well, but, you know, taking it from a holistic perspective and not just about products. And so after learning more about Amira's business, I really thought it was important for us to not only learn about her journey, but also learn about the business that you've created. So I'd like to start there, Amira, if you can, if you can tell us about your business, Sugar Dynamite, and uh, what made you create it? So Sugar Dynamite started um, out of my own need. Um, in 2010 is actually 2007, 2010 is most of you um, are aware, you know, we went through a huge economic disaster and I found myself extremely stressed out. Um, I had lost my job after 15 years. Um, uh, I found out I had mortgage fraud. It was like one thing after the next. And it seemed like everyone was kind of crumbling, right? We all were, we were all stressed out. We all, you know, whether it was our stocks tanking or our real estate investments, whatever it was. And I found myself just pretty much, I think, stripped down to nothing. And um, it wasn't what that did was um, all of this stress of like losing a job and going through this huge economic downturn um, triggered, triggered an autoimmune response in my body. And I didn't really know what was wrong with me until um 2010, but it was like a couple of years, I started feeling really fatigued, really tired. My skin was dry. My hair was dry. My face was breaking out. I'm like, what is going on? Um, so long story short, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition called Hashimoto's disease. And, you know, there were so many things I needed to do to get my health back. Mm -hmm. A lot of it was getting rid of toxic 
ingredients, um, whether they were um, cleaning products or my beauty products. I mean, I had to purge so many different things. Um, and at the end of the day, I wanted to feel good. Um, I knew I had a long road ahead of me when it came to recovery, but what could I do to my day-to-day -day just to give me an uplifting spirit? And so, um, and make me feel just a little bit better um, than I was. And so I was buying, um, looking at different products and multitasking products, and I came up with sugar scrubs. I was buying sugar scrubs. They were really expensive. The quality of ingredients were terrible. Um, and uh, they just didn't suit all my needs. So I'm like, you know, what's, I'm gonna make, I'm what's gonna a sugar scrub, may I ask? Because I'm, I'm, you know, I probably should take better care of my skin. So is it literally just rubbing sugar <coughs> on your on your body to exfoliate? Basically, you're gently exfoliating while you're moisturizing your skin. So my sugar scrub is, um, you know, it's it's a very fine um, brown sugar made, you know, from very uh, minimal processed sugar cane. And then the ingredients are, you know, raw organic shea butter, coconut oil, just like all of the good stuff for your skin. And then I was using essential oils to kind of give me a kick, right? Like if I was feeling tired and fatigued in the morning, I'm like, can I add um, peppermint to the scrub and exfoliate and feel a little alive? Because Yeah, I peppermint, felt, it rejuvenates yeah. you rejuvenates you, right? It makes you feel good. So um, I started experimenting with different scrubs and different scents. And what I realized was the sensorial experience was helping me, you know, with mind, body, spirit, um, helping me feel better and uplifting me. So I thought, okay, if I had like a date night, like I wanted, you know, something more vanilla and amber based, or um, again, if I needed a pep in my step in the morning, or if my feet were tired, I'd use the peppermint. So I started experimenting and I started putting a bunch of this stuff in my, um, just housing it in my bathroom. And one day a friend came over and she used my shower and she started exfoliating with my, she exfoliated with my scrub and came out. She said, oh my God, my skin feels so good. Like, what is this stuff? There isn't a label on there. And I'm like, oh, I just, some stuff I threw together in my kitchen. And, <laughs> you know, and, and she's like, oh no, this is the best body scrub I've ever tried. And she's a beauty junkie. So I'm like, are you serious? She's wow. like, yeah. Um, and so I started giving it to friends, but, you know, back to, aside from the product, back to what it did for me was it gave me a sense of purpose because when I was, at a point where I was really sick and at times I couldn't even pull myself out of bed. We're talking, this is like 2010. Um, I would just, I'm like, what can I do? And I get my laptop and I'd be in bed and I start researching ingredients and the traceability of, um, you know, for where, where they come from and how they're sourced. And so what could I do um, to really put together and, and formulate a product that I knew where all the ingredients came from, um, what it would do. And what I realized was this was something bigger than just high quality ingredients in a scrub. It was that there is a sense of inclusiveness and community for mm -hmm. everyone, because this doesn't, this isn't specific to gender or religion or race, or it's just 
us as humans and how we are living and surviving and thriving in this day and age, what are some of the things we can do? And I know self-care kind of has a bad rap because people think, oh, you know, self-care is beyond just throwing a face mask on and, you know, reading a book. Self-care is described however you want it to be. And for me, that was my self-care because not only did it multitask where it exfoliated my dry skin and moisturized and made me feel good. I was able to sleep through the night, wake up in the morning, but I had a sense of purpose. And then the different fragrances I used sparked different emotions. And all of that mind, body, spirit really came, um, came together in that it was like, okay, this is more than just a product. So uh, I think when it comes to talking about like the whole ethos of what it is, your, your, your brand, your company, um, your mission, your purpose, like all of those things then started coming together for me. That's amazing. Well, you know, amazing one, you know, sorry to hear what you were going through that kind of spurred creating the business. But I, I am a big proponent of talking about the fact that a lot of times those tough things that we're going through are those those things that help inform, you know, what our life's purpose is going to be. I like saying our trauma, you know, helps inform our life's purpose in, in a lot of ways. If you're able to take a step back and see the bigger picture. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting in what you were talking about, too, you know, because you're going beyond just the, the skincare. You're, you're creating a feeling and um, uh, a healing. You know, obviously, you were healing yourself in doing this, but now you're trying to create that same experience for others. As you create some of these different scents and, and different products, are you first looking at yourself or looking at the consumer? Maybe that's changed over time, but like, are you looking at yourself and saying, okay, I need something that's going to make me happier, or I need something that's going to help me feel a little bit more calm. Um, and then you create the product for that. Or do you look at, you know, your, your audience base and now say, all right, this is what they are probably going to want or what they need. I look at my audience base. Um, and I, I look to family, friends, and even um, uh, people, you know, basically my, my audience, um, because, my audience is who I make this for. Initially, I made it for me. Um, but as this has grown and as it starts to pick up more traction, I'm doing this. This is what who I'm giving this to is to my audience. And so I can't cater to everyone. And I think realistically, with products, you like you can't just be a one-stop shop. Like it's not just for everyone, right? But I will say um, it's you know, what does the consumer want? What is it they need? And I do my best to try to deliver on that. And you, like looking at your resume, you've been doing sales and working in like the fashion and beauty and, and uh, self-care industry for a while, but you were working for all these other major companies. Before you got sick, like, were you already thinking about maybe being your entrepreneur or was it really just you kind of falling into it because you were creating something for yourself? No, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit within me. You know, my parents were both entrepreneurs, um, you know, typical immigrant story. They came here, immigrated here from Egypt in 1970. And um, my parents you know, started their own business from scratch. And I learned a lot from them. Um, and especially my dad, um, who, you know, has a background in mechanical engineering, um, but he always taught me, you know, the, the nuts and bolts of the business. And then my mom always taught me something. So it was kind of like every single one of us in my, we have, there's six of us in our family. We all have this entrepreneurial side of us. Um, but when I worked for other companies, a lot of times I managed teams and 
you know, and then, you know, the sales and marketing side of things. And I think having that experience has helped shape basically what I want my company to be in the future and what effective leadership looks like, um, how you grow beyond just within your team, but community outreach and um, really making a difference in communities. Because honestly, anybody can sell a product, especially DTC online. It's really easy to do. But if you're just selling a product and really there isn't a mission beyond the purpose that's ever evolving, um, then you're just selling product. Like you're just in it for the capital. And what's, what's in that? Like, to me, that's, that's not fulfilling. And to some people that's great and that's all they want to do. And that's, that's awesome. But for me with my purpose and my company, given my background and my expertise, it has to go beyond that. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. I think, especially now in the world of social media, I think that's even more important that, you know, you have this mission driven uh, kind of company and, and, you know, the people who are buying the product now want to know who is behind the company because they want to know what the company stands for, um, especially when it you know gets into the political realm and stuff like that, They even more so. But even even on things that are just beauty and fashion, they want to understand who they're buying from. They want to trust those people, which, you know, also makes me think, how do you then balance that? Like, how do you balance giving yourself to your your patrons and, and let, allowing them to understand who you are as a person while also pushing the business? You know, how do you balance pushing yourself, the business, and then also giving yourself free time so that you're not just, you know, your whole life isn't work? <laughs> you mean like work-life balance? <laughs> that thing. Yeah, that's that's always a work in progress. Um, it's, it's kind of twofold here, right? So um, first off, addressing, you know, how do you uh, really get the message out about your company and its purpose? That will always be something that's kind of like what I call the music playing in the background. Um, it should always be happening um, because although you have your audience, there are so many eyes on other aspects of your business, right? Whether they see it on you know, a social media platform or through an email or word of mouth, right? So that's always the music playing in the background. Um, and then I think, you know, doing interviews like this, right? Where you plug it on your website and other social channels. So they see that there is actually a person behind the brand and that there is an emotional connection for the audience where it's just not this VC backed accelerator company, right? Um, yeah. Or incubator. Um, and then there is the aspect of really cultivating the community. And all of those things are such a huge, it's a juggling act. Um, and it's being agile and constantly pivoting because the industry is always moving and shaking. Um, uh, so for me, in order to really have work-life balance, I have to set boundaries, set boundaries with people, set boundaries with work and with myself and then follow through because, you know, we say the, it's been said the root of human suffering is like not having boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> And it's true because everyone will come at you. Um, but then I also think it's, you know, one, setting boundaries and then two, really having a purpose and sticking to it. Um, if you are captivated by your purpose, you won't be distracted um, by comparison. And it's very easy to go down the rabbit hole. And I'm still guilty of it where I'll be online at night on my phone 
and I'm just going in like researching brands, researching this, researching trends, you know, and at some point I need to sleep. I need to care for myself. So I'm more productive the next day and carve out time for when I need to do some research. Um, but then I've also, and I've also scaled back and I don't compare myself to other brands or other companies. I think that's where people get distracted and they lose their vision and their sense yeah. of purpose then starts to get blurry. Um, well, so especially I, a lot of times if you're comparing yourself to somebody who's at, a, you know, has been doing it for 10 years or 20 years or may have, you know, different kind of financial resources. It, yeah, it's not always a one to one comparison. So a lot of times we'll hold ourselves to a standard that isn't attainable yet. And, and you can't every each and every single one of us is unique and different. And trust me, there is plenty of market share to be had. So, you know, am I going to compare myself to the the tree hut um, of the world who is like the number one brand on Amazon and they're in their DTC is huge and they're in CVS and they're, you know, they have their omni channel is so broad and wide. Um, no, I'm not because I have a different product. I'm actually a person behind the product and I have a purpose. Again, I'm not just creating a product um, out of, uh, you know, solely just running a business. You were mentioning earlier, too, you know, you have this family of uh, entrepreneurs or, or people, you know, kind of trailblazing in different ways. And, you know, when in doing the research, I also stumbled on the fact that I've actually had some dealings with your brother because uh, I used to work in comedy for many years running uh, stations for Sirius XM radio. So your brother Ahmed Ahmed um, is a hysterical comedian, uh, somebody who I think I may have made him a little bit of money by putting him on the air. But, you know, he doesn't have to give, he doesn't have to give me anything for that. But... <laughs> Uh, but no, how do you like being in such a family? How does that infectious between you two? How do you all work together to maybe help uplift each other or to help educate each other of what you might be going through next? Like, how do you use that that built in community that you have at home? It's interesting. Um, you know, we're from uh, Riverside, California, super small town. Um, and it's like, you know, my brother moved to LA when he was 18 to become an actor and then got into comedy and, you know, directed. And so he's like multifaceted. Um, my little sister runs an, you know, her owns her own insurance office. Um, uh, each of like everybody in my family has some sort of business um, or business dealing. And uh, Ahmed has a, a huge network of friends and people he knows. And I, I'll never forget, he's, and, and so do I, and, but I'll never forget. He's like, oh, you know, give me some of your scrubs. Um, or actually, I'm going to call up, you know, I don't mean to name drop, but Whitney Cummings and Tiffany Haddish, and um, I want you to send them scrubs. And I thought, okay, but I kind of had like this moment where I just kind of like deflated wow. because I thought my my labels are terrible and I, and I haven't been able to work on new labels because I don't have the money to like, I have to use the thousand labels that I have before I invest in new ones. And he's like, Oh, just send it to him. And I'm like, you think it's that easy? Like everything needs to be, um, if I'm going to, you know, send it to them, like it needs to be in order. It needs to look amazing. And I was embarrassed. And then I had to give myself a kick in the butt, a real kick in the butt. And I was just like, you know what? Send it. I am a new entrepreneur. I'm a new business owner. You know, unless somebody hands me $25,000 for new packaging, this is what it is. And 
until I can work on the packaging, the formula is amazing. So I, I really had to get out of that perfectionist um, way of thinking. And I sent it to them. So I, I first, uh, Whitney Cummings got it and I was stalking her, like stalking her stories, like trying to see if she posted anything. And <laughs> again, it wasn't to that I expected it. Um, and then it was like six months down the line, I get a notification on my phone and it's like, Whitney Cummings posted about sugar dynamite. And I went, Oh, again. So I went to see it and here she is in the bathtub and she wrote, you know, scrubbing all the bad vibes in LA away or something like that. And I thought, Oh my God, this was unpaid, organic, like PR, like amazing. So I like quickly did a screen grab record on that. And then, um, uh, so with Ahmed's um, network, I've been able to plug and seed Sugar Dynamite to people, but it's I never expected anyone to um, uh, post about it or to put it in their stories. Really, it was just like, how, how do I expand my audience? So it's like more for everyone no matter who they are. So it was, it's really cool. We, and we network a lot. Um, we're starting to kind of layer, um, not layer businesses, but I worked a lot with him um, when I was younger on his coat, you know, I was on his coattails when he started in comedy and stand up, And so we know a lot of the same people and it's now it's about leveraging our strengths because yeah. what I believe, and I know what Ahmed believes too, is that everyone adds value. And so what is their strength? What is their superpower? And how can we leverage that as a community, not just as a family, but within our friends and our groups and, and network? And I think that is like a real piece, um, a real, not a real piece, but a real thing that I love to focus on, again, because I believe everybody has a strength and a superpower. Who is this person and how can I use them and not use them, but how can I I know what you mean, yeah how can I utilize them and what do they need from me? And so it's this yeah. reciprocated, great relationship building and, and networking that just continues. Yeah. And I think, you know, in the beginning of what you're saying, you hit on something that I think I know I went through, but I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs go through where you feel like you're not worthy yet of the potential success. It's like you have this opportunity to get your product in front of yeah. somebody who could literally change your business and you're holding back because you're like, you know, what? it's not perfect yet. I need to make sure that you know, like you're saying, the labels are correct. And, you know, in my world of media, okay, you know, our commercials sound exactly right. And, you know, we picked the right, you know, theme song, even though we might change it a month from now. So like you want everything to be exactly perfect because we're ingrained to think that you get one shot, you know, at an yeah. opportunity with somebody. You have one chance to get that audience. And if you get it wrong, they're never coming back. And I actually still say that to our team because I want us to try to be, you know, perfect on everything that we do. But you still have to let go of the reins a little bit and just, you know, stand on the fact that either in my world of content or in, in your world that you're creating this product, the product is going to speak for itself or the content is going to speak for itself. And the packaging that goes around it can always be updated. But if they love the content, they love the product itself, they're going to stick around and maybe even help you figure out how to make that that packaging a little bit better. Um, and that's great that you were able to overcome that fear. So I think a lot of us hold ourselves back from success because we're afraid of stepping out there and taking that chance. A lot of times we, a lot of us do it. Um, and I think this is so common across industries and not even just with having that perfectionist mentality. You know, I look at perfectionism as oppression. It's totally oppressive. If we think that uh, things are not ever evolving or 
that, you know, a lot of these things are variables. They're always going to be changing. So if you don't start, when are you going to start? Just go, just go. And that's whether you want to be an actor or go back to school or like if we sit and wait for things to be right and you have a perfectionist mentality about it, you're never going to start. So I always tell people, just go, just go for it. Do it. What's holding you back? Fear. Fear is made up. Um, what's holding you back? Anxiety. Okay. That's fleeting. That's temporary. Let that go. Just go. And no one's going to come at you and, and, you know, completely tear you down because things aren't right. You know, just my advice is always, you know, you have to be your biggest fan. You have to champion your own cause and other people will then follow because think about it. People are attracted to joyous, happy, confident people, right? It's like when, when people are like always down and out and melancholy and not feeling, you know, it's kind of like, you just like kind of like eventually story away from those people. Mm -hmm. So believe in yourself and others, you'll start to attract that from other people, regardless of where you're at. Just go. Yeah. Well, and if you're not believing in yourself, why would I, as an outsider, believe in you? If you don't believe in your own stuff, then, you know, what's the point of any of us believing in you? So yeah, I think, yeah, we can be self-defeatist in that way, but I, I love the way that you laid that out. Um, and I think, you know, that anxiousness is just one of the pieces of anxiousness that we have as entrepreneurs. Like one of the big pieces is capital. You know, how have you been able to financially support this? And like, what is some of that anxiousness of like, okay, either your day-to-day operations or maybe just how you want to scale up? Because sometimes that's the financial aspect. Maybe you have enough to keep things going, but maybe you don't have enough to be able to get to where you want to be. Um, how do you How do you work with that? So I'm at the point where um, my business right now is completely, I bootstrap the whole thing. And I have been able um, up until now <laughs> to support it on my own, where now I'm looking at funding and um, looking to get you know small business loans and such um, because I want to scale. And in looking at other products I want to launch, um, how to scale and where, you know, is it um, omni-channel, um, nationally, internationally, um, looking at all of those things. Um, uh, and then all of the costs, the operating costs and the costs associated with scaling. Um, so that's something I can no longer afford to bootstrap. Um, uh, so I'm looking at funding options for that. I know in, in, you know, I was talking about, you know, the intentionality behind creating your business, you know, you really want to build community within your own teams and also your, your patrons. What does that mean to you creating that community, especially when we're looking at this from the skincare world? Like that wouldn't be my first inclination to think, oh, there's a community of skin, you know, I'm going to buy this product and now I'm part of some community. I wouldn't necessarily think about that, but especially as you laid out why you started your, your company, I can see how that could manifest. So yeah, how do you view community and, and how is that, uh, I guess, how is that working so far? You know, it goes, like I said, it goes beyond just selling a product. Um, I have been able to uh, really partner with um, a lot of different organizations and part of community to me is Again, going beyond the DTC, the direct-to-consumer, and um, really holding hands and, and putting my arms around other organizations that I want to partner with. Um, 
because I believe there's a long-term impact there. So uh, when I first started my business, I thought I can't start my business until I partner with an organization and I give the first months, I do a match of sales um, to an organization that's really near and dear to my heart. Um, and so that first organization was the Acid Survivors Foundation. And this is based, they have a few um, uh, offices. One is in London and another is in Bangladesh. Um, and what they do is basically they rehabilitate women, also men and children who've been victimized by acid attacks. And they're I'm so survivors of acid attacks. Um, a lot of times these people are disfigured or they lose limbs. Um, and so they can't go about their normal life. So the, this wonderful organization rehabilitates them. They give them psychological and psychiatric care. Um, they perform surgeries. They have them in the, like, they just, they teach them new skills, all of these things. And I thought, what a wonderful way to give back. And so my first month I was able to match um, sales for that. But people were so in awe of this organization. And a lot of um, people that I knew really didn't even know that this existed. Like these acid attacks were so common in other countries and people were just like, okay, I'll buy your scrubs, but you know what? I'm going to give a donation of $500. And I'm like, wow, to be able to say I can take this money and it gets donated directly to this organization was, it's like that. I just leveraged my brand new company to not just match dollars for scrubs, but they got huge um, monetary donations from it. And I thought, okay, this is this is like low hanging fruit. Like this is easy to do, and it shouldn't be work, right? It shouldn't mm -hmm. be work for companies. Um, and then another organization I partner with is called Dignity Not Despair, and they're here based in Los Angeles. And what they do is they um, uh, they're able to bring hygiene products and makeup to refugee women. And hygiene is necessary. Hygiene products are necessary. Um, and makeup helps empower women. And so I've been able to hand make soaps, donate scrubs, um, as well as other products to this organization that goes to refugee women living here in the US. So again, I think it's, you know, really reaching out to those people, whether they're here nationally or internationally, who cares if they're refugees? Who cares if they are, you know, off the street? And people might think, oh, you know, they're never going to know my company. You, you don't know. Like mm -hmm. they know Sugar Dynamite or they might know me and know that like you ha are not forgotten. You matter. And that's to me what community really means. I know we talked a little bit before about work-life balance, but I, I want to drill back on that a little bit more one more time. You know, I think, you know, setting up boundaries is really important. You have, everybody has to take stock of their own life situation and, and life situations change over time as well. But it's important to set your own boundaries. And so in setting your own, again, this may have changed over time. So I'll specifically ask maybe right now, you know, right now, what are the kind of boundaries that you ha have set up for your work-life balance? that allow you to still continue doing the work and scale up your company, but still allow you to enjoy the fruits of your labor. I, I always feel that, and I'm the worst at taking this own advice, but you should be working to create a better life for yourself. You shouldn't be working as, as your life. Um, and so you need to be able to have a little bit of both. And so, yeah, how do you intentionally kind of set up those boundaries for yourself? First of all, let me say I um, 
this is always a work in progress for me because I am not the best example. Um, you know, I, I end up like having really great work-life balance and then I just, I fall and I fall hard and I'm back like, oh my God, it's four in the morning. Why am I still working? How did I get here? Yeah. You have no idea how you ended up back into the old patterns. Damn, I haven't showered in two days. Like it's so <laughs> crazy. Like we're all, I think as entrepreneurs guilty of it. Um, so what I started, I actually, let me just say this. I, I, I have a corporate job. I run another small company in the day. Oh, I feel bad. I did not actually realize that. Wow. You are bouncing a lot. Well, I have to, you know, I have to bootstrap this business and, you know, sugar dynamite alone isn't going to pay all my bills. So, you know, there are things you got to do what you got to do until the funding comes in. Right. Um, so I hustle hard. Um, but what I do is I, I love this new feature on iPhone for those of you who have iPhones and not Androids, but it's the do not disturb function. And it tells people like Amira has her phone silenced and then you can set time limits for when you want it to, you know, stay on or off. So I do zero notifications. Um, and then I only have like my boss and certain people allowed to text me or call me. Um, I also don't return texts until after 5 p.m. And phone oh. call. Yeah. Um, personal and business or just personal? Just personal. Okay. Just personal. Um, and I, you know, I have a big family, so they're all distracting me like 24-7 over something and none of it's a 911. Um, and then I, I figured, you know, I used to be so great at waking up at 4 in the morning, having a 5 a.m. workout. I was so regimented. And then, you know, starting my day, working, stopping, um, eating something, resting a little bit, and then getting started on Sugar Dynamite. Um, and things change, right? So um, I basically now I'm like, I don't need to get up so early in the morning and I can work a little later. So now I start my days later, but I always start with intention. So when I wake up, it's like I zombie over to my kitchen and I have my coffee <laughs> and then I meditate. That is like, I have this app called Balance and I think they're doing like a really, um, like you can donate to the app and you get it for free or if you don't have any money for it, like it's just so cool because they want people to be, um, they want people to meditate and they know the benefits of it. So that's what they're doing for their first year. So take advantage of that. Um, but I meditate throughout the day and that helps me find calm and balance. Um, and then I can work later. So it's like between five and eight, it's like I'm returning phone calls. People are calling me, the texts come through and then it kind of stops. And then by nine o'clock, the rest of the world is in bed and it's like, now I can work. So I find like when I work through the night, I'm more creative, I'm more productive. Everybody else is asleep. I can get a lot of stuff done. And then I can sleep my seven and eight hours and wake up later. And I will say sleep hygiene is super important because yeah. if you lack in your sleep hygiene, it's going to show up in your body. It's going to show up all of these, other, all of these other ways. And um, as you get older, like I am, I'm going to be 46 this year, it'll start to show up in different ways. It'll manifest itself. So sleep is super important. Um, everybody needs to have it. You have to prioritize it and you'll feel better and you'll be more productive. Yeah. I know if I don't get enough sleep, <clears throat> definitely affects my mood, which, you know, affects everybody on the team. So just, <laughs> just from that standpoint alone, I know I need to get my sleep in. 
But I think, you know, what you were mentioning too, I think is important because it sounds like you're constantly just, when you get time and, you know, sometimes when I say get time, that means you have to make time, but you're creating time for yourself to take a step back and reevaluate because things are changing. So before you were more a morning person, now you've realized, okay, I need to adjust and make it more of a nighttime thing, but still creating boundaries that you're saying, okay, at nine o'clock, well, at five o'clock, I'll start returning some of those personal calls. And like from five to nine, there's some crossover between personal life and business life. And then from nine on, okay, business life is done. Now it's just personal. And so I wake up in the next morning and now I get into my self-care routine, into the business aspect and then repeat. I think that's a really great way of structuring it. I'm, you know, I kind of have a similar way of I stop at 9 p.m. or at least I tell myself I'm gonna stop at 9 p.m. Every once in a while, you know, it goes till midnight. But are there boundaries that you set your, for yourself in the past where you actually had to say, well, no, what? No, I, that doesn't work, whether it was maybe hurting your business because you had set a certain boundary or maybe it just wasn't the right kind of boundary for your personal life? Um, I, I think I'm an extremist. So I either go like hard and really, you know, strict one way or I just, you know, completely fall off. Um, so, I, you know, I don't I can't think of any boundaries that I had in the past that were. Um, that didn't work. Um, if they didn't work, it was because I didn't follow through <laughs> and I didn't stick to the boundary. Right. So it's yeah. like putting this boundary, I'm not taking calls, you know, between this time and this time. And, and then I, you know, walk off to go do something and then I break my own boundary. And I think that's the hardest thing was me fighting with myself going, why am I doing this? And what I realized it was me wanting to step away from my work or, not dealing with the task at hand and just saying I can walk off for a bit. Um, so now it's like, if I walk off because uh, I, you know, this is too overwhelming or whatever it is, it's, I need to sit with myself for five minutes and just meditate a bit. Um, not pick up my phone, not go on Instagram, not see who do, you know, who's doing what, not call my mom, like meditate because I find, or go for a walk because I find when I clear my head, it's a whole new perspective when I come back. It's like, oh yeah, bring it on. I could do this. So um, I highly encourage it. Um, I used to think meditation was boring and I like hated sitting still for so long because I had terrible, I don't know, ADD, ADHD, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but it really helps me get back to centering myself. And it actually, it also relieves a lot of anxiety or um thoughts of fear that kind of pop in my head sometimes about whatever it may be. Um, and then I can feel, I can feel more focused and, and purposeful. Yeah, it makes sense. I think, you know, med I was talking before about my insomnia meditation was something that I used a lot to try to help with that. Cause it does, it helps to kind of slow down the mind. Like you were also saying, I love walking out in nature uh, or just walking outside in general. I just think that movement can sometimes, you know, put you into a different mood, put you into a different headspace. Um, but I think you were also touching on something before at the beginning of that as well, where you, you were essentially saying like you gave yourself permission to step away. And I think that's something that we also sometimes forget to do is give ourselves permission to step away from work. You know, if you just keep, you know, barreling straight ahead, you're sometimes not stepping back and seeing that bigger picture that's going to make you help make a better decision. And right. now you might be creating more problems for yourself down the road because you just kept trying to go at it instead of just walking away from 10 minutes or 30 minutes, whatever it might be. I feel like that's where the mistakes happen. Um, I know that when I work super long nights and I'm working on something, um, I go back and I'm like, holy crap. Like if I, you know, 
input some stuff in an Excel sheet. And then I go back to look at it two days later. I'm like, oh my God, this thing is completely <laughs> wrong. You know, and, and then I go, why, why is it wrong? You know, and it's because I barrel through and I push through and it's like, it's so unhealthy because, you know, I was born and raised in the corporate environment. So it's like, um, you know what it is. It's like no sleep, you, you know, yep. you will pay you a lot. We'll also offer you life insurance because we're probably going to kill you. Um, so there's that. Um, and you'll be able to buy a house and drive a nice car and have some extra money, but we're going to work you to death. But you're and never going to be home to enjoy any of those things. You, exactly. And I went through that, you know, where I bought a house, I had a nice car and it was like, I have no one to share this house with. Um, it's totally empty. It just, everything just felt like, you know, is it worth it? And so, again, there was no purpose. There was no creativity. Um, and I've had really great mentors and leaders and then I've had shitty ones. And so again, being as being 46, I can look back and go, okay, you know, where did, where were some of the wins and had nothing to do with financial. It was learning. Right. And then where, you know, and everything was a learning experience for me, but I think overall it's, it's just not human <laughs> to work 24 seven. You, you are, we are, me, you, any of us, we're no good to anyone if we drive ourselves into the ground and we continue to work like this um, and our health starts to uh, dissipate, right? And things start to happen. Well, then how good are you as a business leader when, you know, you um, uh, have all these issues now? right? That you have to take care of. So it's like really prioritizing yourself. The business will always be there. And I'll give you an example. I lost my dad, um, uh, 2020 Christmas day. Um, I'm sorry, 2021 Christmas day, uh, pandemic. I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, you know, it's, uh, I thought I could, numb the grief and the pain and dive myself into my business or I can take a step back and sit with my feelings. And you know what? The business will always be there. And guess what? I did. I, I don't want to say that I, can I cuss? Oh, please do. I come from uncensored okay. comedy. I was just kind of like, fuck it. The business will always be there. I own the trademark. I own this business. If orders come through, great. I am going to take a step back. I'm not going to do marketing. I'm not going to drive myself into the ground. I'm actually going to sit and mourn and grieve and feel all of the feelings and let this let this um, flow through my system so then I can reflect and feel better and heal and then get back to it. And guess what? Yeah, maybe I didn't like sell a ton of sugar scrubs during that time. But you know what? Um, I, I'm sorry, it was 2020, not 2021. Um, I, uh, uh, you know, again, I was able to still stay afloat and nobody forgot about sugar dynamite. So it's like, if you own your own business, don't be so hard on yourself and utilize the resources around you, the people around you who can come over and help you um, source stuff out. Like if you're going through it, allow yourself to go through it because the more you suppress whatever you're going through, it's going to come back and it's going to come back hard and it might man it might uh, materialize and manifest in ways, you know, in relationships or, or um, in your business or just personally and in, in your, and in your health. And that's what you don't want. So um, 
if I can give any bit of advice, nobody asked for it, but I'm giving it to you. <laughs> kind of okay. you know, take, <laughs> take a step back and, um, you know, allow yourself to feel, don't be so numb and, you know, we're not robots, right? Be human and, and put yourself out there. So, and then allow yourself to sit and grieve. Excellent. Well said. Again, I'm so sorry for you know you losing your father you, uh, a couple of years ago. I'm sure it doesn't get any easier, and I'm sure it doesn't not easy to talk about. But I appreciate you saying that because I think there's a lot of people that have lost people, especially these last mm -hmm. couple of years. Um, and yet, you know, many of them are business owners like yourselves who are still trying to push through while still trying to manage that grief and and you know even just kind of perspective on what's happening in their life right now. So I think it's really powerful what you just said, and I actually. I'm really glad that we're kind of ending on that note. Usually I try to end on more of a higher note, but like I, I think this is actually a high note in a good way in terms of like trying to look positive out of tragedy kind of situations and like how do you keep things going while also taking care of yourself. So I really appreciate you saying that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to, to share that. Um, I've grieved and I'm, I'm healing and it's okay. It's okay. I'll be okay. And, you know, I think that, um, this is something that makes my dad happy. He was an entrepreneur um, and uh, really living out my dream is also living out his dream. You know, they say we are our ancestors' wildest dreams. Like, let's, let's do these things. You know, we all are going to have our time. How are we going to make it like just so amazing, with, you know, with our time here on earth? So. Absolutely. Well, Amira, uh, thank you so much for being here, part of Entrepreneur Struggle. Uh, before we fully wrap up here, please let people know where to check out your product. If you're, by the way, if you're here live on Fireside, look at the little fortune cookie scroll. You can now soon hit the Sugar Dynamite link so you can actually go check out the website. But also, Amira, if you can let everybody know the website, social media, all the pertinent information. Yes. So um, first of all, sugardynamite.com is where you can check out my sugar scrubs. And I want to say for those of you who joined today, I am going to offer a 20% discount for you guys. Um, give me just like five minutes to activate it. But the discount nice. will be Fireside 20. That's and for those of you on YouTube and everywhere else, Fireside 20. Um, and actually, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it up for a month or so because you said you're going to put this on Spotify and everywhere else. Okay, yep. I will put it up for a month. That way. Oh, thank you so much. Um, and then uh, I'm on Instagram, Facebook. So at Sugar Dynamite on Instagram, Sugar Dynamite on Facebook and on Twitter. Um, and then my personal Instagram is XO Amira Ahmed. And I usually try to um, post uh, mostly um, inspirational, motivational stuff there. You know, ins inspiring quotes and things like that, anecdotes and things. So, yeah. Thank you to Amira Ahmed and thank you for listening. You can go to our show notes to find the information on that generous limited time offer for Sugar Dynamite and to learn more about Amira and her business. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. And until next week, stay safe and healthy because the struggle is real.